Just a simple psalm that says, Glory to God the highest. No other name but Jesus. All of creation cries out, Glory to God the highest. Hallelujah to the King who reigns alone. Jesus, you are high and lifted up. Messiah, you're high and lifted up. Hosanna, Savior, you're high and lifted up. Glory to God the highest. No other name but Jesus. All of creation cries out. Glory to God the highest. Let's sing that again. Sing glory to God. Glory to God the highest. No other name but Jesus. All of creation cries out. Glory to God the highest.
pray with me? Father, we thank you that, that Jesus came. God, that we celebrate every year, not simply that he was born, but that he came because what we needed more than anything was a Savior. And Father, I know that there are people here tonight, God, who are hurting. God, there are people here tonight who desperately, God, they might not even know it, but they desperately want what only Jesus can give. And so, Father, I pray that in the next few moments, God, you would help me to speak with tremendous clarity. And God, help us to listen. Because, God, I believe that in the next few moments, people are going to be changed, and they will never be the same. So, Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for what you're going to do. In your name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Be seated. You guys grab a seat. Hey, again, we want to we thank you guys so much for being here. We hope that you stick around afterwards. Hope you fill out your connection card and, and give us a chance to get to know you and, and take, uh, partake of all the snacks out there. Get as many photos with Santa as you want, and we'll uh, give you some instructions um, about that uh, afterwards. But let me ask you guys a question here, and you guys can answer me. I, li- I like an interaction, and there's a good crowd here tonight, so I like some interaction here. You guys can respond to this with uh, raising your hand. How many of you, here we are, we're thinking about Christmas, Christmas just a few days away. How many of you guys have ever gotten a bad gift for Christmas? A bad gift. Raise your hand. Let's see it. This is your time for healing. Bad gift for Christmas. You got a bad gift. You opened it up and you knew the moment you saw that thing. What in the world were you thinking? You know that? You, you've got, I need to share a, a little example from me. I don't know how this happened, and I need to be careful because there's several of my family members who are here, and that's fine. We can get counseling together um, because I've got the mic. But um, I remember last year, last year, I walked out of Christmas last year with two, not one, two Snuggies. Anybody know what a Snuggie is? Who knows what a Snuggie is? There you go. A Snuggie, if you don't know what a Snuggie is, somebody wore a blanket one day and said, hey, you know what this thing needs? Sleeves. And they put them on there, and now everybody walks around wearing uh, blankets. That's snug- I-, I walked out of Christmas last year with two Snuggies. I don't know why. I don't know why. And, and I don't know, maybe, maybe, you, maybe you and your family, maybe you can relate to this. Do you, do you all have that person in your family that they're the notorious bad gift giver? Do you know what I mean? You know, they're, the, they're notorious for giving a bad gift. I don't know, maybe, maybe you have to do this. There, there are, every once in a while, we have to do this with my kids. We have to prep them the couple days before Christmas because we know that they're going to get a bad gift from, a, from maybe a certain individual in our family, and we have to give them the pep talk, right? Maybe you're a parent, you've got to give your kids the pep talk. And so we look at our kids, and we're going to say, listen, you're going to get a gift from so-and-so. And it's going to be a bad gift. It's going to be the worst gift you'll ever get in your entire life. It may scar you emotionally forever. We don't know how you're going to make it. But just fake it. So when you open it, smile and just act like you like it. And that's what my kids do. They open it up and they look at the person and that's great. I've always wanted 20 pairs of black socks. Praise the Lord. Right, you know this, you know this, right? Or, or maybe, maybe when you think about Christmas... You think about maybe a Christmas when you got exactly what you wanted for Christmas, right? You, you, you asked for something, and you got exactly what you wanted. 
I mean, that's one of the reasons I love Christmas. One of the reasons I love Christmas, my kids, uh, I've got a, a six-month-old and then a five- and a six-year-old. And for my five- and six-year-old specifically, I love Christmas because they just get so excited about it, and they've been talking about uh, Christmas uh, for months. They start planning for Christmas every January, so they, they're really advanced in it here. And, um, but they just love it. You ask them, hey, what do you want for Christmas? They just start rattling things off. The excitement is in their eyes. I love how they, they just get up at the crack of midnight every single Christmas. It's just amazing. And, and I, I, I just love that. But maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you remember Christmas, you got exactly what you wanted. Imagine this with me. Somebody walks up to you right now, and they were to look at you and say, hey, what do you want for Christmas? What would you say? Now, now maybe you're here, and you're an adult, and you'd look at that, and you'd say, oh, I, don't, I, don't want, I don't want anything for Christmas. But here's what I know about every individual in the room. Deep down, in the darkest corner of who you are, you want something. Deep down in the darkest corner of who you are, you wish, if I, if I were to ask you, hey, what do you want for Christmas? And you were just to really share your heart and really share where you're at. There are some things that you wish you could get. And you know you're not going to be able to open it up Sunday morning, but there are some things you wish you could get. Maybe you're here and 2011 was a year you blew it. You made some bad decisions this year. And it's put you, it's put your family in a hard place. And so you look at your life and you say, Mark, you know what I want? I want a second chance. I, I wish that I could have another shot. Or maybe you're here and maybe this year was a year of loss. Maybe you lost somebody close to you this year. Maybe you lost a relationship this year that meant a lot to you. And you look at your life, and you're about to throw in the towel on it, and you look at it, and you say, hey, you know what I want? I want some hope. I want some hope. Or maybe you're here, and maybe you look at your life, and you look at your life, and it just seems like it's not going anywhere. There's a lot of confusion in where your life is going. And so you look at your life, and you think to yourself, hey, I wish that I could get some purpose. I wish that I could know that my life mattered. Or maybe it's forgiveness that you want. Maybe it's freedom from something in your past. Maybe something that you did, or maybe something that someone did to you. Or maybe it's freedom from something that's in your life right now. But see, here's what I know. Everybody wants something. Everybody wants something. And see, the great thing about Christmas, the great thing about Christmas is that Christmas shows that what you want more than anything else in the deepest part of who you are, what you want more than anything else, Christmas shows you can have it. Christmas shows you can have it. Not only Christmas, does Christmas show that you can have it, Christmas shows you were made to get it. You were made by God to have it. And see, that's what we celebrate every single year at this time. We celebrate the fact that Jesus came. But what I want to talk to us about tonight and what I want us to think about isn't simply the fact that he came. Isn't simply the fact that he was born. Because listen, if you stop at the fact that Jesus was just born, then all you're left with is, well, you're left with you really don't know why he came. All you're left with is maybe... Eight pounds, six ounce, baby Jesus in his golden fleece diapers with baby Jesus powers. And that's great if you're Ricky Bobby. Some of you get that. Those of you who don't, it's because you're blessed. It's because you're blessed. And you probably love the Lord more than the rest of us. I'm just saying. But it don't do you any good to stop at baby Jesus. Because there's a reason why he was born. 
There's a reason why he came. And so tonight, just a few moments, I want us to see why did he come. I, I want us to see what it is that Jesus was born to do. And, and there's really one verse in the Bible that I think sums this up. And if you have a church background, maybe you're sort of familiar with the Bible, you've probably heard this verse. If you've got a Bible, you can see it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If you don't have a Bible at all, it should be up on the screen here. There it is. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It just simply says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And see, you can see the word new there a couple times in that verse, right? You can see that word new. And at Christmas, we love the word new. Because maybe you're here, and, and Christmas, so much of it is for you about things that are new. The latest new gadget, the new thing, the new pair of whatever you're going to open Sunday morning. It's the latest new thing. But see, when he, talks, when he uses the word new here, he's not talking about new stuff. He's not talking about a new thing. He means a new you. He's saying that Jesus came to make us new. Jesus came to make us new. See, here's what you have to understand here. And if you haven't listened to anything else thus far, uh, you, you should check in right about now. Here's what you have to understand the way that the Bible describes you and me. The Bible says that you and I have a problem. And the problem that the Bible says that you and I have, it's a problem called sin. Now, again, maybe you're here, you don't have a church background, you have no idea what sin is, and listen, if that's where you're at, you should know that's why we started this church. That's why we started Summit Community Church. Just for me, I didn't grow up in church, I didn't meet Jesus until I was 18 years old. So if you're here tonight, you don't believe a word of what I'm saying, or you have all kinds of questions, listen, you are in a safe place for all those questions. But when the Bible talks about sin, here's what it means when the Bible talks about sin. Sin is doing what God says not to do. Doing what God says not to do. So let me, you, you say, well, give me some examples of some things that God says not to do. Let me give you some examples of things God says not to do. Don't lie. Don't lie. I don't know if you know this in, or not. In the Bible, there's a thing called the Ten Commandments. That's one of the Ten Commandments. So don't lie made God's top ten. All right? Now, let me ask you this question. You can answer this question by raising your hand. How many of you in here have lied? My hand's up. All right? All right. Thank you very much. Everybody else that didn't raise your hand... You're a liar. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you for proving that point. Everybody's done that, right? And sin is breaking God's law. See, not only is sin doing what God says not to do, but sin is also, the Bible says, living for things other than God. Living for things other than God. And here's what you need to know. Sin is extremely serious. Sin is so serious that it separates us from God. It separates us from God so that we can't go to God, and also, God can't come to us. But because God is a good God, and because God is a loving God, what God did is He sent Jesus. And He sent Jesus, who the Bible says is our substitute. And I think you probably know what that word means, right? Substitute, you had substitute teachers in school, you got excited when you had a substitute teacher in school because that meant you could do all kinds of stuff and not get in trouble for it, right? So you know what that means. Substitute, basically somebody takes your place. And the Bible says that Jesus came to take your place. See, Jesus lived for you. And he died for you. On the cross, when Jesus was on the cross, and he's dying and he's being tortured to death. 
What's happening on the cross is Jesus is taking every single sin that I've committed, every single sin that you've committed, every single sin we've all committed, he's taking it on himself, and he's being punished in our place. So the punishment that I deserve from God, Jesus took it. The punishment that we all deserve from God, Jesus took it. And he died for us because he's our substitute. And not only did he die for us, but three days later he came back to life for us. He came back to life for us so that you could be made new. See, I don't know, I don't know what your background is. I don't know how much you know about Christianity, but you need to listen to this. The way that you become new isn't by trying to keep a bunch of rules. I don't know if you think that Christianity is just trying to keep a bunch of rules, trying to be really moral. You don't drink, smoke, chew. You don't date girls that do, that sort of thing. And listen, that may be great and fine, but Christianity is not keeping a list of rules. I have this conversation all the time. I talk to people all the time. I'm going to go to heaven because I've kept all the Ten Commandments. And let's be honest. If that's you and you're here, you and God knows the only one you have kept so far is you have not killed anybody. That's the only one. And let's be honest, you're barely keeping that one. All right? You're barely keeping that one. Right? You know. But here's what some people think. They're going to stand in front of God. They're going to look at God and say, God, I didn't kill anybody my entire life. Bam! And God's going to be like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Welcome to heaven. Listen, if you could do that, if you could work your way into heaven, if you could work your way into a relationship with Jesus, then he wouldn't have even needed to be born. But he had to be born. He had to come. Because what you needed more than anything else is a Savior. He came. He came to give you that second chance. Some of you are here and you look at your life and you feel that your life is a total screw-up. You have blown it. That there is no hope. And maybe you've got other people in your life that have come up to you, family members, so-called friends, and they've only agreed with that sentiment. They said, you're a loser. You're a screw-up. You're never going to get your act together. And so you came here tonight. I don't know why you came. Maybe you're, maybe you're related to somebody. Maybe your child was in the play. Or maybe you just heard, hey, this is a Christmas celebration service. Or maybe you came because you knew what you need more than anything is a second chance. And I'm telling you, Jesus came to give it to you. He came to give you that second chance. He came to give you the hope that you want more than anything else. And here you are, and you're trying to find that hope here you are, and you're trying to look in all kinds of different places. Jesus came to give you that hope. He came to put the broken pieces of your life back together. He came to make you new. So you say, Mark, how do I become new? How, how, how can I have what Jesus came to give me? Well, you don't go out and keep a bunch of rules. You don't go out and try to clean yourself off. Really, all you do is what the Bible calls repent and believe. And let me just explain to you what that means. Repentance is really this. It means that you change your mind and you agree with God. See, some of you tonight, you need to repent. You need to go to God and you say, God, I'm sorry because there is stuff in my life that I'm not doing and it is killing me. I had plans and I had a hope and I had a future and I've chosen this path and here you're telling me don't do that. You told me don't go down that road and I did it anyway. And God, if you'd forgive me, 
I could have a new start. And if that's where you're at, tonight he can. To, to repent, it really just means that you agree with God and you go to God and you confess to God and say, God, I'm sorry, I've sinned. God, I need you to forgive me. I need you to make me new. You repent and you, what the Bible calls, believe. And to believe simply means that you believe what Jesus did. He did it for you. He did it for you. I'm not talking about the person next to you. I'm not talking about your grandparents. I'm not talking about your mom and dad. I'm talking about you. He did it for you. See, some of you are here and you're probably in the crowd and you're thinking, oh, well, you know what? I'm a Christian. I grew up in church. So what? Oh, I'm a Christian. My granddad's a preacher. I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm related to somebody that's really faithful in the church. So what? You don't have a relationship with Jesus by association. You have a relationship with Jesus by repenting and believing and trusting in Jesus. And some of you tonight, you know that's what you need to do. Maybe you just said, hey, you know what? Let's go to that Christmas celebration service. Let's go check that out. And you came... And out of everything you were expecting to happen to you tonight, the last one, the last thing, you expected to meet God. But here He has come and met with you where you're at. And you know tonight is the night that you can be made new. What if this was the Christmas that you looked back on and you said, that's the Christmas when everything changed for me. What if this was the Christmas that you said, I'm going to stop settling for a small view of my life where it says that if I get enough money and I retire at a certain age, have a certain kind of house and drive a certain kind of car, I can have peace and happiness and fulfillment. Because let's be honest, some of you have achieved it and you know you're still not satisfied. What if this was the Christmas that changed everything? Not because of something that you opened on Christmas morning, but because you met Jesus Christ for the very first time and He changed your life. Church, let's pray together. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Lord Jesus, I pray that right now you would move and God, that you would put the pieces of people's lives back together by them coming to you for the very first time and giving you their life. God, I know that there are people here in the room that do not have a real relationship with you. They might know a lot about you, but they don't know you personally. And they know it and you know it. God, I pray that tonight would be the night, that this would be the Christmas when everything changes. Let me ask you a question. As all heads are bowed and all eyes are still closed, no one at all is looking around. Am I talking to you? If you're here and you know that you need to give your life to Jesus Christ for the very first time, then I'm going to pray a prayer, and I want you to pray this prayer with me. If you know that you want to give your life to Jesus, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And this prayer, it's not magic words, but it can help you maybe articulate what God is doing in your life at this moment. So you just go to God and you just pray, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Come into my life. Save me. Forgive me. I want to live for you. Jesus, thank you that you took my place. Let me ask you, I wonder if you just prayed that prayer. If you just prayed that prayer, I'm going to count to three. And when I say three, 
would you just raise your hand up and put it back down just to acknowledge that Jesus, that, I, that I've responded to Jesus. I just prayed that prayer and I want to follow Him. I want to have a relationship with Him. I want to have that second chance and that new hope. When I say three, you just simply raise your hand and put it back down. One, two, don't worry about the person next to you. This is your time. If you have genuinely given your life to Christ tonight, prayed that prayer, raise your hand. Three, raise your hand at this moment. Raise your hand at this moment. Hands are going up all over the room. God bless you. God bless you if you've given your life to Jesus. God, I pray for everybody that's in the room, Jesus. I pray for these people. I pray, God, that you would move in a powerful way. And God, as I believe, and we've seen many people respond to you, Father, I pray, God, that this is not the end because it's not the end. It's not praying a prayer. It's just the beginning of a new relationship. So Jesus, thank you for what you started in lives tonight. In your name, amen. Church, let's give God a round of praise for new life, for second chance, for hope restored. And listen to me. Listen, here's what I want you to do. We're about to do several things here. We're about to take up our offering, number one. Our ushers are going to come forward. And we give an offering every single week because we love the Lord. We want to give back what he's given to us. But here's what I want you to do. As you make preparations for that, that connection card, this is a time... You keep playing, man. Keep playing. That connection card, this is a way for you to communicate what God has just done in your life. And if you have just given your life to Jesus, indicate that decision. And when you leave in just a moment, there to the back, we've got a ministry area. We've got Bibles and green books for you. We want to give that to you if you've just made a first-time decision for Christ. Our ushers are going to take up the offering. And now listen, here's your instructions. As, we begin, as, as I pray, we're going to take up our offering. Here's what I want you to do. We're going to have some of our greeters out there in the lobby. And if you want to get a picture taken with Santa, they're going to direct you to the room where that is. There's all kinds of food out there. You guys just please help yourselves. First time guests, as, lo- as long as we've got them, we've got a free gift for you out there on that table to your right. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for coming. Give as the Lord leads you tonight. I'm going to pray. And then our band is going to dismiss us. And don't hurry up and leave. Make sure you hang around. And pictures with Santa, our our greeters will uh, will direct you in the right direction. Food out there for you and your family, all right? Let's pray. Father, I pray that God, our offering right now would reflect our hearts, Jesus, that we have given ourselves first to you because we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, love you guys. And let me make one more announcement. Let me make one more announcement. I forgot something. I forgot something. We are not having services this Sunday morning. Summit has no service this Sunday morning. It's Christmas morning. I want you to celebrate that with your family. Our next service will be Sunday morning, January 1st, New Year's Day. All right? So listen, if you're not here January 1st, we're going to assume you party too hard and we're all going to talk about you, okay? So you should be here. All right? January 1st, our next service. God bless you guys.